Today on the Bill Kelly Show on AM 900 CHML. Hotspot Hamilton. This is a feature we're going to be doing for the next few weeks, uh, both uh, at 10 o'clock here on my show and, of course, in the afternoon. Scott Thompson will uh, have another uh, version of it as well. And we're going to be talking about, well, our city and what's going on in the city, why it's happening, and, and where it's leading us to. There's uh, an awful lot happening here in Hamilton. We've talked about the renaissance that's going on, and we've talked about the economic growth that's going on, and we've talked about the fact that we seem to be on everybody's radar now. Uh, in various parts of the world because of some of the things that are going on here. But where is it taking us? And what are the ramifications? I mean, with every action, there is a reaction. We know that. So we are assembling some great panels over the next few days to talk about a number of these issues. And uh, we're going to start it off with just, uh, this is an all-star panel. This is, uh, I, I'm just going to sit back and listen to these guys for the next little while. Uh, Keenan Loomis, who, of course, has become my co-host here on the program over the last little while. Uh, this is, what, your 19th street day, I think, here? Where do I pick up my paycheck? Uh, you're here more than Scott is these days. But <laughs> uh, President and CEO of the Chamber, of course, uh, Graham Crawford, uh, history and heritage owner, says here, active resident. Boy, there's an understatement. Um, whoever thought that one up, great to see you here, Graham. <laughs> good to and, see of course, here, Laura Babcock, president of Power Group. Uh, good to have you here. Thanks one and all. I, this is very difficult to get all you guys together at one time because you're always off in about 16 different directions doing things between reviving uh, classic theaters and, <laughs> and, and counseling clients and, and you, of course, Trying to do something about the uh, the federal government's policy on taxation, mm. single-handedly, Keenan's going to defeat that <laughs> sucker. I know that's going to happen. But let's let's talk about Hamilton for a while. And I, I found it interesting, by the way, as I was looking at uh, the fact that all three of you are going to be here. Uh, the one common thread among many, among all three of you, is that all three of you chose Hamilton. Mm. Uh, I was born here and and raised here, and. Uh, and, and this is by choice where I want to stay, obviously. But you all made a, an, an active choice to, to pick this city. I, so let me go around the table, first of all, and ask, well, my time's up. Is that what that was for? <laughs> ask why, Graham? Why Hamilton? Well, you know, I actually... And, and by the way, I want to recur by saying, you guys all did this before all, all this neat stuff was happening. I'm, so you, I'm assuming saw something here that a lot of other people didn't. Well, m my case is slightly different, Bill, in that I chose to come back yeah, to Hamilton. Yeah, because you went away for a yeah, while and, did, and made your, I your fortune. Grow up, <laughs> I grew up here, uh, east end of Hamilton, then East Mountain, and then Toronto for 25 years. I lived and worked in downtown Toronto. Uh, and uh, retired, sold my business, retired, and decided I'm going to go back to Hamilton. So in a sense, I say nostalgia brought me back a little bit, but uh, so did uh, the kind of house I could live in because I had nothing to stay in Toronto for. I, you know, I had friends there. But I came back and just I had great feelings about Hamilton, always did. And uh, man, did I rediscover my, my old city uh, in ways I never would have imagined. Laura, you, we always talk about startups here and entrepreneurship, mm -hmm. and, and yours is actually one of the, uh, I, I guess, original cases of that. I mean, you started Power Group here. You had mm -hmm. a business interest in other parts of the province. Uh, you do an awful lot of work in Toronto and other cities. I know you're off to Ottawa on, on a pretty regular basis mm -hmm. as well. But this is this is home for you. This is where you started the business. This is where you're raising the kids. Why Hamilton? Well, I came here for school. I stayed for love. I met Rob, loved my life, got married, and his family's from the area. But in terms of starting a business here, I had a really interesting experience when I was a student here and I was a volunteer at Cable 14. And that was to, within a few months of being in the city, be offered a gig co-hosting a political television show with with uh, Ken Peters back in the day. I remember. Primetime Forum. <laughs> and I remember one night my parents were visiting 
and we got a call on a Sunday night that the mayor wanted to talk to me. I guess he'd seen the <laughs> rebroadcast, and he was upset about something that I'd said on the air, and I thought, if I can be in a town where two months in, I'm getting a phone call from the mayor, this is my kind of town. You know, I'd come from Montreal and Toronto and other bigger cities, but I just loved the fact that my voice, even so early on, seemed to resonate here, and there was something I could do. And so with Power Group, it, we started it um, because, with Dennis Concordia yeah. and I originally, uh, because we both felt that there was a powerful group of, of people in the city that were making things happen. And now, of course, uh, Power Group is my company. But I stayed all these years with a place downtown Hamilton because, you know, it was a fight we had to fight. And I don't know how Keenan feels. I know with ALRT, it was quite a fight that he was fighting for the chamber and for the businesses. But anytime I thought about, oh, I could just have my offices in Toronto, I could just do this, I could do that, I thought, no, wait a second. Hamilton needs fighters, people who came here, who love the city. And I remember the early I Love Hamilton campaign we did here with CHML and a number of other mm-hmm. partners years ago before things were cool again, right? <laughs> so it's about the fight for me, Bill. That's why I stay. Ken, you uh, you studied law. You wa- wanted to be point guard for the Syracuse Orangemen, uh, but instead you chose Hamilton. Well, I had no talent, so that was never going to happen. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I came to Hamilton out of love. I was married here in two thousand one uh, at Blessed Sacrament up on Fennel, and we had it's our, my old church, yeah, my old parish, and we had our uh, reception at Ancaster Mill, and and then we moved down to Virginia and lived there for nine years, and and came back intermittently, but uh, never ventured far from where. Um, my in-laws are based, which is uh, near Lime Ridge Mall up at Macassa area. But uh, we came back in uh, September of 2009 uh, because we uh, we wanted to, uh, well, we were just, I was done with the practice of law and, and done with D.C. and we decided to switch countries and careers at the same time. And we just came here really to, to figure what our next move was, uh, living with my in-laws for a while. And I, I unexpectedly fell in love, and it was uh, I, I found I, I saw a lot of green shoots that were were popping up at that point in time in the downtown, mm-hmm. and especially especially along James North, and those green shoots have uh, have certainly blossomed over the last eight years. It's quite incredible. When we see the things that have happened here, and I, I'll just very quickly relate a story that happened with me when I was on city council back in the late 1990s, and and Mayor Bob Morrow. Uh, initiated, I, I'm told in, later on, it was not for the first time, to try to get all the business leaders together to try to get Hamilton moving again. And and, and it sort of kind of worked. I mean, John Mayberry was there and uh, and, and a number, about five or six of the, of the big movers and shakers. Uh, and not a whole lot, I guess, was, was happening. Then it's the meeting that happened about a month after that, uh, they sent their second in commands. Uh, the meeting that happened a few months after that, I think they mm-hmm. sent the, uh, the, I don't know, the office boys. I don't know what it was. It just petered out altogether. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we always thought, we've got to get the people that make the decision to this town together and we get them all on the same page. And, and you, th- all three of you, have done that. Uh, with your initial endeavors, the way you got organized in this. You mentioned you know, starting your company, Laura, mm-hmm. but you started these power conferences, right. and basically you got everybody into one room in one day and said, you know, sort of like lock the door, you're not coming <laughs> out of here until we develop a strategy. You did the same thing with the Innovation Factory here, yep. where you just you said, you know what, we're going to be the spark here for us. This is you and, and a handful of other folks, Graham, uh, basically started the downtown revitalization from the waterfront all the way and started moving back up toward the downtown. 
it, it's like that's that's the sort of thing that we needed. Well, if I can say with the power conferences, and I want to give credit to Dennis as well because he was part sure. of the thinking on that back in the day. What we looked at was it was a time when every single day the front page of the paper had another factory closing or moving. I mean, you talk about depressing. It was depressing, and I hadn't had the experience of Hamilton the Glorious earlier on. I remember my first view of it was coming down the 403 and saw this beautiful city by a lake in the trees and I, I you know I didn't know what it was so I didn't I wasn't jaded by previous memories and so what I thought was listen there there have to be thought leaders in this city from the arts and from business and from you know all these creative industries that I can get on a stage I can do what I do my TV thing I can interview them and they can come up with their best suggestions for the city if at very least a shot of adrenaline that we so desperately needed as leadership in this city and so we did it three years in a row and we had uh, you know 15 of the best panelists I think the city's ever had on that panel leaders who are still helping us today. And what that was was for me an exercise in there are solutions to every problem. We just need to find a venue and a format and a capacity to have those discussions. And so uh, there were other things, other iterations or, or build-ons from the power conferences after those first three years. But that's why we did it, Bill. We had to start talking solutions and get out of the issue identification place where I felt the city was. Well, because uh, for the longest time, as things started to fall apart here, and they did economically, and we all know, I think, a lot of the reasons for that, uh, you look at the politicians and say, what are you guys going to do about this? Come on, you know. Uh, but politicians are only going to act if there are people behind them that says, you got to do this. And, and, and what you did with those power conferences is, of course, you, you brought all these leaders together, community leaders, business leaders, and, and basically told the politicians, sit in the front row and listen. Right. All right. All right. I don't want to hear your well. We'll do this. Okay. You know, uh, you know. Forget that stuff. Here's what you need to hear. Mm-hmm. And and you did the same thing in the North End. Basically, well, you, it's, you didn't wring your hands and say, "This is not the Hamilton it was a few years ago." I uh, first conversation I had with you, you said, "This is the kind of Hamilton I want this to be." No, and indeed. here's where we're going. Yeah. Look, I mean, for for a guy, I'm 63 years old. I grew up in this city, so I remember James North when it was was healthy and highly ethnic. Yeah. Uh, it was always healthy. I mean, you know, and then I think stuff happened, but certainly, in my, you know, through the 60s and 70s, uh, it was healthy. Um, but organic revitalization is also something that's happened in Hamilton. That's what happened on James Street North. The, you know, I didn't start Art Crawl. I joined Art Crawl. Mm-hmm. I bought a building in 2006 on James Street North, opened History and Heritage, and had the doors open every second Friday. And you know, Bill, it, the people who came through to maybe, I don't know, probably 10 or 11 spaces that were open at that time, now you're reading stuff that says uh, Art Crawl is a victim of its own success. There's too many people. But that organic revitalization has happened on Lock Street. It's happened on Ottawa Street. It's happening even now on Parkdale. That isn't because of City Hall or formal organizing. It's actually just people saying, talking to each other uh, and saying, why don't we try this? And it's a combination of these things. I don't think organic revitalization uh, or organic renaissance is the answer, but it's part of the answer for sure. Let me ask you about your neck of the woods for a second, because I, I look at one particular project that, I don't know if it was a catalyst, but I think it certainly sent a message. Uh, when Leuna took over the old trade station, uh, that was a vacant building at the time. Uh, where there, where there was no chance of the trains coming back anytime soon. At least that's what we were told that's at the time. We told, yeah. And Leuna took a shot on this and said, no, we're going to make this into a banquet hall. And I talked to Joe Mancinelli and I said, you sure you want to do this? 
and and it's it's a it's a landmark right now and it's it, I, don't, I i don't know as i say that it actually spurred all this other development but i think it sent a message that you know what we're not giving up on the north end well i think it did send a message i don't think it was you know the reason uh, but and i don't think joe mancinelli would say you know he he and you know re and revitalized james north uh, or the north end but i but he absolutely played they played leuna played a role in that um and of course, as you can see, what's happening now, this is this double-edged sword, though, which you, you referenced when you kicked off the show, and that is this, this renaissance is great for, in so many ways, but of course, it also causes challenges, sure. most of which are social. You know? Let's talk a little bit about the chamber's role in this as well. Um, I, past chamber president, who I know quite well, uh, I remember saying at the time, uh, th- th- she said, first of all, we, we are an education destination. We need to start focusing on that. Uh, Rebecca also made a strong point when she was chamber president. Laura, you worked with her on, on, on the, the initiative and, and on the, the pilot project for this, too, to start building bridges with City Hall oh, instead of being uh, the watchdog. You know, and it was, there was, a, there was a, 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 conf- a conflicting point of view between the chamber and for City Hall for years and years and years. Uh, and and that old idea about working together, collaboration instead of confrontation, uh, I think has paid off to a great extent with uh, the relationship between the council and business in this area. Yeah, it has paid off. I I think it it goes way back. Um, great credit to all the people who were here in the <laughs> in the eighties and the nineties. Thank you so much for uh, for what you did to to get us through that that trough. But uh, from my perspective, it started with uh, the the very first economic summit that happened. Uh, so I think we're now in our ninth uh, economic summit. So uh, many, many years ago, at, uh, again, around the, si- the same time I was arriving on the scene here at An- Ancaster Mill, mm-hmm. the chamber pulled together all the key leaders in the community and initiated this discussion. And, and now we, we get to the point where a couple of years ago, I, I kind of felt like, okay, we've had all these conversations over and over again. Things are actually happening. Now it's time for us to expand the scope of the summit out regionally. So we've incorporated Burlington into this discussion. And then next year we have great plans to 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 broaden the scope uh, to include KW and Toronto okay. as we talk about the innovation corridor um, that is now uh, coalescing. So it, definitely a, a great news story. Um, I would like to, to think that, that the, the chamber was a huge catalyst in that. Uh, but you, you talked about other groups coming together, and, and uh, the reason why this is fresh in my mind is because we have our quarterly meeting on Friday morning. Um, but the Hamilton Acre institutions as well. So you talk about the, the the leaders, the people, the decision makers in this community who who really do impact uh, the city with every single decision they make. Um, and that started to come together when I came on board at the at the chamber four years ago. And I said to everybody, as as I sat around the table with Rob McIsaac and Terry Cook and and Chris Murray and and all the leaders of all the anchor institutions, I said. Why haven't we been doing this for 150 years? You know, that would be my expectation in, in any community, especially a community this size, where you can get everybody around a conference room table. Why haven't we been doing this all along? And, and so now we, this has happened for four or five years. Um, and I would like to, to think that a lot has come out of that as well, especially when we talk about community hubs 
And, you know, we talk about some of the, the vacant buildings that the, the school districts are, are leaving behind because of, of enrollment uh, changes and all of that. Um, now we're talking about how do we reanimate those spaces and bring in all the various services that are required uh, within those communities. And those are very, very impactful discussions. LRT was another big discussion that we had, and, and the anchor institutions came out in support of that uh, last year, and I think that was a very important moment. But a lot of those previous meetings uh, that you've all referred to, as, as those leaders came and in some cases didn't come again. <laughs> but out of frustration, they're busy yep, right. people. Yeah. Uh, and because they go to a, a, a meeting and then six months or a year later they go to another one and say, well, what have we accomplished from what we talked about last year? Yeah. Well, not, not much. Well, I remember, Bill, there used to be something called the Hamilton Civic Coalition where yeah. it was the Mayberries and the head of Fasco and Stelco and all those people. And we would meet, I think, monthly. Uh, and because we were trying to fix the problems as solution type people at that time we really lacked the ability to implement unless we all did it individually and so it was about consensus and this and that and eventually I think that had an outgrowth into the group that Mark Chamberlain um, took up which was I think a part of a precursor to the economic summit but the point is is that it's all the thread I hear through all these conversations is it we had to get together and talk and find solutions. And, you know, and even sitting here as a panel, I remember the first time someone told me I had to meet Graham Crawford. I had an image that he was like the Che Guevara of, of James Street North. I had no idea what he was like. And I thought, oh, we're not going to get along. I'm all about business and PR. And he's running this, you know, <laughs> grassroots movement. Uh, and, you know, we became fast friends because we all understand that this city is diverse and, and really interesting and working together, we can bring it to its potential. And I just need to add, I was speaking at a Fempreneurs thing just this past uh, weekend, and there's so many women leaders coming up, too. It's amazing. Let me do a short time out, then we're going to come back. And uh, there's so much more to pick up on this. Uh, having a great time with this discussion, too. The segment's called Hotspot Hamilton. We've got a great panel, and uh, we'll get back right after we do this. You're listening to The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML. As we continue our Hotspot Hamilton uh, in-studio panel, Keenan Loomis, President and CEO of the uh, Hamilton Chamber of Commerce, Graham Crawford, History and Heritage, and uh, we'll talk about the Westdale Project before we finish off here today, too. Laura Babcock, President of Power Group, and we are also joined now by the... Uh, Director of Economic Development for the City of Hamilton, the one and only Glenn Norton, who's uh, here to add some perspective. Great to see you. Thanks for coming in oh, today. Thanks, Bill. Always a pleasure to be here. Well, let's start off with some good news because uh, we were just talking about uh, the the renaissance and the the focus that uh, people from other parts of the world are looking towards Hamilton right now. And, and uh, one of the key indicators of that, and I know that one of the bellwethers you always use, is, is building permits. In other words, who's building what? What kind of activity is going on in here? And just this morning, like this is a, this is a, a, an exclusive right now for CHML. You've got some great news. Yeah, uh, we will put out a press release this morning that basically says our building department has now processed over $1 billion worth of building permits in the first nine months of the year. Now, it's not strange for us to hit the billion-dollar mark. I mean, mm -hmm. this is the sixth year in a row, seven out of the last eight, but it's the first time we've ever done it in nine months. So what's the top? I mean, where will we get to in 12? A billion and a quarter, billion and three? That's a lot of dollars that are being spent uh, building things here in our city. Why? I'll ask you the same question, Glenn, that I've asked the other uh, panel members. Why all the activity? Why are they looking at Hamilton now? 
Boy, there, there are so many reasons for that. You know, I, I went around the office yesterday and asked my staff that, and I ran out of paper because everybody has their own view of what makes See, Hamilton he still uses attractive. paper. <laughs> I do, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. I don't feel, like, <laughs> feel like such a Luddite now. This is great. That's good, Bill, you and I. Um, and a lot of people would point to things like the fact we're a very multicultural city that makes us an interesting place to live, right? One in four Hamilton residents wasn't born here. They were born in another country. Uh, other people would point to the creative sector here and say, wow, the music that's here, the film, the art, the food, these are all things that attract people. Others would say, well, it's because we're a very authentic and genuine city. We're not, um, you know, trying to be anything that we're not and people feel good about being part of it. Others said things like, well, we're big enough to have everything you need, but we're small enough to still feel like you can make a difference and you can make those personal relationships that, that are so gratifying in life. You can, you can meet a Graham Crawford. You, know, you, know, you can talk to Keenan. It's easy. To, you know, these people, you, ha- you have access to them in Hamilton, which you don't in a very large city. There's an element to that, too, and, and, and that you brought that up. Uh, and I'll go to the old real estate uh, mantra, location, location, location. Uh, yeah, you can run into Graham Crawford, or you can have coffee with Laura Babcock, or you can bump into Keenan Loomis, and more often than not, you're going to do it at one of the new restaurants in town. Mm-hmm. Uh, and i got to tell you, as somebody who was born and raised here, now I, I grew up with the chicken roost down on King Street right. and, and the White Spot and then the White Grill and some other great restaurants around here. But something is happening. Graham, you talked about organic growth within the community. Mm-hmm. We are all of a sudden now a culinary hotspot in Ontario. I mean, people in Toronto are saying, hey, we're going to Hamilton for dinner. When's that happened before? Well, you know, when I came back here from 25 years in Toronto, restaurant scene in Hamilton, I, 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 love the, I love nostalgia and I love that experience. And then it got a bit tired. And then it started to change. And you're right, Bill. Now we have all kinds of choices, mm-hmm. terrific restaurants, more coming every month, restaurateurs who've opened great restaurants opening additional restaurants because business is good. Business mm-hmm. is great, in fact. So there's a market for this, which I think is terrific. So it's, it's a pent-up demand that was here, I guess. I, I'm not in the restaurant business, but I sure as hell go to lots of restaurants. And we, of course, as we all know, lost a champion of the restaurant scene yeah, recently, Dave Hanley. And with what Dave would do with pop-ups and with so many, much of his time was go around to all these fabulous restaurants and food trucks and everybody and say, we could, let's get together, let's throw dinner together. And then people from the city would come and learn about these restaurants. And so he was, he was a catalyst to that scene. But I have to say the other thing that uh, is really important about it is, is just the recognition, even beyond Toronto, right? A lot of Toronto chefs said we can get less expensive places. We don't have to pay, you know, so much just to run a restaurant. We can serve the food we love in a cool place. And so there was that appeal on an economic development level. But I was doing a, a show the other day uh, in some other cities and London and, and St. Catharines. And the host wanted to talk to me about how Hamilton got such fantastic, like best in North America restaurants for different kinds of food. And, and as to Glenn's point, a lot of diverse food, right? We're not we're not number one just because of a certain kind of cuisine. We're number one because in the bottom of the farmer's market, there's a poke restaurant <laughs> or there's this or there's that. And so I just think it's it's amazing that Hamilton realizes that because of the economic climate that we created, because of the affordability, but also because of the cool factor of the city, it brings creative types. I was doing the Fempreneur's speech on um, Saturday, and four out of the group, when I asked them where you know what they do, came to Hamilton from Toronto recently because they could set up their creative spaces 
prices in an affordable way. I mean, so so I think that there's a whole bunch going on, but definitely our restaurant culture is uh, something we should be extremely proud of. I used to uh, work at a radio station where we were actually located in, in Jackson Square, both the movie theaters, uh, overlooking the plaza there. And uh, in the middle of the afternoon, I was doing the afternoon show there. And I could look from where my location. I could look right down King William Street uh, since I was up above. And it was a ghost town. I mean, there was nothing there. I mean, I used to go there and get my hair cut. My dad took me to a place down there when I was a kid. But there was nothing else going on there except my my cousin Paul Reardon, who was right. last man standing. Paul was not going to give up that shop, and God bless him for the work that he put into this. But you look at King William Street now. Well, you remember, it, I used to it's be, the hot spot. We used to do that Laircast podcast yeah. from there, my studio there. And a lot of my guests were afraid to come to the studio because there was a lot of crime and arrests during our shows and things were going on. I mean, it was not what it is today, and that was only five years ago it happens and and as you mentioned uh, you know so many great people that have come here from other parts of the community and other cities and said this is this is something going on again they saw something here uh, Dave was a big part of the Kershaw's idea of that, you know, and Matt and uh, his brother, of course, Andrew, is running Russo House up at Ancaster, incredible places. And it's really kind of cool now that people are actually coming to this area just to have dinner and then going home again. Can I just pick up on something Glenn said, which I think is huge. It's something that I've experienced here, and I've talked to people who've come to Hamilton and have experienced it. I, I've said for years now, you know, how do you get involved in the community in Hamilton? You put up your hand. <laughs> it's so easy to get involved. All you have to do is say, I want to, and people let you in. And so people may come here for cheaper housing, but they stay because they can get involved in this community. And it is a community. We're not some small town. This is, we're the 10th largest city in Canada. This is an urban environment with suburban environment and rural environment all in one. Uh, people love the lifestyle here, and that, I think, is critical. So not only does it feel good to be part of a community because people let you in, but also, you know, if you want to take your kids on a hike in the country, oh, you amazing. can be there, like, literally within minutes. Um, in some cases, you can get there via public transit, for goodness sake. Um, and and this restaurant scene is just one example of how things are changing. It's a great place to raise kids, but also, quite frankly, as a retiree, to be retired and be active. I love this city. When the phone rings at the Economic Development Office, Glenn, uh, and, and people want to know about that, how important is it to, to be able to have this in our resume, the restaurant scene, uh, soon to be light rail transit. It would take the longest time to get this thing. But <laughs> but these are the things that, you know, with, uh, I think I want to put a company in here. Glenn, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at locating. Uh, you've got space. Or you know you've got space. But the question that always gets asked is, okay, well, what, do, what do my employees do when they finish their shift? Can, is there a scene there? Is there an art scene? Uh, and you, you've got a lot of boxes to check now. Yep. You're talking about quality of life. Yeah. And that is huge now. So if you went back if, uh, to, you know, earlier generation, it was about where the employer was and people would move to get the job with the employer. Now the employers look, where are the people? And I'll move my company there because I need that talent. Talent retention is huge. So they're saying if your workforce is millennial, you better be a pretty cool city to keep the millennials around, right? Because they want walkable, they want bikeable, they want a great food scene, which we've got. So it's really big. We, we certainly um, uh, 
play that up when we're talking to a potential employer to come here. Say, not only will your employees enjoy it here, but you're going to enjoy a lower development charge than other cities around us. You're going to enjoy a good tax rate. Your employees are going to be able to afford a home. So we we work to all those. And then the, the final factor we would talk about is our location, right between one of uh, Canada's biggest uh, cities and sort of the whole wine region of Niagara. What a great mm-hmm. spot to be in between. What do you feel like doing if we don't have it here? Well, it's 45 minutes down the road in either direction. Talk about workforce, Keenan, uh, and, and what we available. I mean, this was, uh, let's face it, uh, a, a city that put all their eggs in one basket uh, 45, 50 years ago. It was all about heavy industry, great steel plants. I mean, Burlington Street it had Procter & Gamble and Firestone and Westinghouse and so many other great companies. Uh, the dynamic has changed right now, but with that has changed the workforce. I mean, we have now one of the top universities in the world. McMaster, is, it's uh, you know climbing up the, the ratings now. It's in the top 50 universities in the world. Mohawk College is the top skilled trade college in Ontario, one of the best community colleges in all of Canada right now. We're pumping people out. The innovation factory right across the street here that, that you worked at for quite some time. You're training people for, well, they, they, I think the phrase Mohawk uses is future ready, but that's really something that we could use for the whole city. We have no shortage of talent in the city. Not only do we have the institutions of higher learning, as you mentioned, but we have thousands of people coming in from Toronto and, and beyond uh, that are gravitating to the city, and all of whom are now looking for a job here in the city because they're sick of the commute. Um, it was The sea change for me was in uh, 2013 at the Economic Summit. I was just named CEO. I, ha- I wasn't in, uh, in place at that point in time, but we saw Gil Penalosa, of 8 mm-hmm. to 80 cities, uh, talk about how quality of, quality of life is the best economic development tool now in the hands of cities. And as soon as I heard that, it resonated completely, and it's stuck in my mind ever since. That's why we as a chamber are uh, uh, advocates of downtown renewal, of complete streets, of LRT, of uh, the music industry and, and, and the creative industry and all of that, because that's what, that's what holds the, the talented people uh, here in the city. And, and I just, I, I want to, I, I love the people that I interact with every day um, from McMaster and Mohawk. Um, incredible, incredible talent because they are such uh, fine institutions. And the, the biggest thing that keeps me up at night uh, now is do we have enough jobs to keep them here? And so, you know, that's something that we're working on and, and we work really closely with Hamilton Active. You mentioned uh, it wasn't so long ago that uh, the chamber would throw bombs over into uh, City Hall and, and uh, now it's incredible the working relationship that we have. And I think we get a lot more done as a result. And you mentioned the commute. I was in Toronto early this morning for a show, and obviously the commute coming this way is a lot better <laughs> than the one you have to sit in going that direction. But it, it almost every single time I'm in Toronto, especially, I, which is several times a week, I have somebody come up to me and ask me about moving to Hamilton because they're, they're looking at maybe they're coming to the end of their career or they want investment properties or they're just waiting for that final push. And I have to tell you, 90% of it is about lifestyle that they've heard they can hike, they can bike, and they can eat at great restaurants. And it's they keep saying to me, well, Laura, like, really, like, the commute on the go is as far as I have to drive to my place in Toronto. And I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> you know. Why do you think I haven't moved to Toronto? It's great. So the interest is building and building. And I don't even think we've seen the start of this flood that's going to be coming. Well, because, uh, like I say, it's not a secret anymore. And and right. to your point earlier, Graham, uh, it's not a home run. I mean, you know, for instance, what the Leona folks did in the North End with 
thought with Leona Station was great. But it's it's little things like this. Mm. The City of Waterfalls campaign mm-hmm. that we talked about. Uh, uh, the two-way street conversion. Uh, exactly. Yeah. I mean, people coming from all over the place now to see waterfalls. I wish they'd mm-hmm. obey the signs, but they're coming to see waterfalls. Mm-hmm. That's fabulous. Uh, mm-hmm. The art scene that we've had here. I mean, this, this segment we're doing right now, Hotspot Hamilton, sponsored by Theater Aquarius. We had great live theater here. And this is like world-class stuff. And we get great actors, great plays. Great Philharmonic Orchestra Great, as well. Yeah. Boris brought to national tre- He's an international treasure. Great I mean, theater he travels all over the world, but this is home. <laughs> this is home for the maestro, and he does a lot of work here. Yeah. The yeah. summer music festival yeah. that Boris does every year with the, the great talent that I have here. Those are the sorts of things that people say. Well, you know, what's in that community for me? What am I going to? Mm-hmm. I know what I'm going to get in Toronto, uh, and I'm going to pay sixty-five, seventy bucks to park my car for a night if I'm going to go to the opera in downtown Toronto. We we offer everything here and yeah. and i guess it always wasn't like that and and that's that's got to be part of the success story to have those amenities to to say yeah this is this is a great a, place as a small anecdote from this morning i i was going through the drive through and i said I, I need some change for parking and they're like oh here's a couple of uh, toonies and i said no i'm going to toronto and they said oh you mean like you need 20s <laughs> <You know? laughs> which is true i mean so so we have all of those things and and i think what's important bill if i can just make the point so much of the love that we have for hamilton will sustain even if we get a huge wave of people coming in from Toronto. They're coming for our community. They're not coming to replace it. They're not coming to replicate a smaller Toronto. They crave that very sense of community that allowed me to fight with a mayor two months in. <laughs> that sense of community where you can have coffee with anybody. They don't want to have what they have or they wouldn't come here. It's not just an economic argument. So I think Hamiltonians can embrace that and not be concerned that we'll somehow lose our culture to Toronto. We won't be annexed by Toronto. But Keenan, we've heard that when the boom was starting and I guess it goes back about a year and and you heard uh, many people in the real estate industry said oh we got lists of Toronto buyers and there's almost a pushback mm-hmm. and, and you may remember actually one of the local real estate agents actually did a tour did. Of, of some of the business areas here and and they got eggs pelted at them yeah. we yeah. don't want you people here there were uh, signs on James Street North go yeah. home Toronto I had to do a Toronto show about it I called in and said please let me state a different opinion <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> come come to Hamilton I, I mean we have to get out uh, get ourselves over this de- defensive attitude that uh, this paranoia that somebody's coming out here to get us they're coming here because they like what's uh, what's going on here. Bill you're so right they, they're not coming here to change us right. they're coming here to be part of us right. and if you have that mindset then you embrace them you don't push them away well look at Ralph Ben Murgy recent high-profile Torontoite who moved here and he's so involved in the community but he's part of the Hamilton community now well, and there's a long list of people like that that are, are, are populated. They're in Dundas. They're in Ancaster. They're they're all over the place right now. Some of them starting businesses here. They're creating jobs in situations like this, but they'd rather do it here than in Toronto. And uh, I guess that's why the phone's ringing all the time, which is why I'm surprised you had an hour to spend with us today, Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because For you, Bill, I made uh, time. No, I appreciate that because this, this is a story that we need to tell. And it's not really beating ourselves in the chest and saying, aren't we wonderful right now? Yeah. It's that this started, and, and to the point to kind of bring this all back, Back to where we started the conversation uh, almost an hour ago, is we're saying, well, why didn't they work in the past? Well, because what's happening now, and you started it with Power Group, you started it with what's happening in the North End, you do it at the Chamber, and you do it at the City Glen, is you're saying, okay, we're finished the meeting, congratulations, these are the goals. We're going to meet again in six months and say how you, there's a report card. Absolutely. And and we want to see what you've done to, to get to where we are right now. And that motivates people. And it's, of course, success motiv- mo- motivates sure. people. And, the, and hey, on the O show, we like to look at council's report card carefully, right? But that's the part of Hamilton that's so great, is that we work together, we help each other, we hold each other to account. It's a, it's a tough city politically, but I think that grid is what's made this momentum happen. 
I remember when uh, the first time Neil Everson told us that we'd hit a billion, a billion in, in building permits. Wow, is that incredible? Now we expect it. Yeah, uh, we're, we're getting <laughs> yeah. a little spoiled right now. Like you say, seven of the last eight years. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of other cities that are having some problems right now, but there's something happening here, Glenn. Well, there is, and and the interesting thing we were we were talking just before we went on air about what's the mix of that uh, building permit thing. So it's not all residential; it's led by that. There's a lot of new homes sure. being built, which is really good. I mean, it, it's a great sector; it employs a lot of people, and it's keeping the price of new homes down. By the way, when you've got supply increasing, exactly, you know, your price stays down. Let's let's try and keep prices down. But it's also a rising percentage that is now commercial and industrial. And that's where, as the ECDEV guy, I get pretty excited to see that's part of our mandate. We're trying to move some of that tax burden off of our residential taxpayers onto business. You don't do that by taxing the existing businesses more. You bring in more businesses. You grow the base. You grow the pie. You don't cut a bigger slice of the pie. That's so great to hear. So that's what, you know, is really exciting our group right now. And and this is going to be a really good year for some announcements. Uh, You probably saw last Friday the Striker Canada announced their move into a brand new building, a $100 million investment for them in Flamborough. They chose to stay. 200 you know, knowledge-based jobs. They could have gone anywhere. They chose to stay in Hamilton. Their employees like it here. It works for them business-wise. They found a great location in Flamborough. That's a success story, and that's what we need to keep replicating is helping businesses that are here grow and bringing brand new businesses in that are not here now. Well, when I get on Longwood at the end of the show every day, on the way up uh, the hill, uh, they're still putting the structure in there for Freienhofer. I mean, that's that's a huge get. And uh, from the time the announcement's made until they actually start populating that place, you tend to forget about it. But that, that's a huge international investment. Absolutely it is. It's one of the few in the world. The Fraunhofer Institute are very careful about choosing where they go in the world. Mm-hmm. So we've got the only one in Canada. I think we're only one of two in North America. And already we're getting inquiries from other companies and one of the reasons we went to uh, Leipzig with the mayor back in the spring was to talk to the other companies who are thinking of coming here because the Leipzig in- or the Fraunhofer Institute will be here. They want to be around where this cutting-edge research is being done so they can be part of the commercialization of that. By the way, we're just about out of time here, but for everybody that says, you know, the, the city is being frivolous going after Amazon, uh, sometime when we have a little more time, uh, Glenn, what we should do is publish the list of cities that wanted Fran Hoffer to come to their cities. And, and we're talking some huge North American cities, uh, Calgary, Toronto, Chicago, places like that. And guess where they picked? So never say never. Right? And you know yep. what, Bill, if I can just take an issue with you on one thing. You said we're not here sitting beating our chests with pride about Hamilton. I am, and, pr- <laughs> and proudly so, because I didn't realize that about that or that company, and I wish I had, because that makes me feel even more optimism for this city. So we need to get our good stories out as much as possible. Brag on. We'll do this again uh, later in the week, another span- uh, panel with Hotshot Hamilton. Uh, thank you so much to uh, Keenan Loomis, Graham Crawford, Laura Babcock, and Glenn Norton. Outstanding uh, panel today. Thanks so much for being a part of it, guys. Great Thanks, Bill. Thank you, Bill. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML.